fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Molkel, here with my demonic co-hosts. I'm Chelsea Hollowell, a merchant who just wants to get by, but all the customers are demons. But do the demons buy things? Well, sure, but they throw my whole understanding of what merchandise I need to carry out of whack. Oh, but I mean, you have to adapt to the customers that are showing up. I guess so. That's just good business. But all they want to do is drink sulfur. I mean, that should be a really easy business model for you. I like to carry only herbal teas. (laughs) Now I have to order all this sulfur. How do you make a sulfur tea? You just mix it with hot water. Okay, well, that doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, sort of like a mud. If you eat a lot of it. But you can't ask them if they're a demon. See? That's rude. Yeah. You'll trigger yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, what? Oh, me. Oh, uh, I'm a demon possessed by a priest. And my name is Jack Oland. <laughs> Good thing you remembered that. As a human who tells what their name is to new people. No, no, he just said he's a demon. <laughs> Possessed by a priest. Yeah. Oh, okay. So who's talking? Whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm confused. I'm confused, too. <laughs> I didn't know that priests could possess people. Oh, uh, yeah. It's going to be one of those kind of nights. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, guys, it's time for another of our beloved satire TV episodes where we're covering season one of Warrior Nun. Anyway, let's get theocratical, theoretical, theocratic, theological, theological. So this week we'll be talking about episode six, Isaiah 30, 20 to 21. But before we get into it, I think Chelsea has a summary for the episode ready to go. Summary music. So this week for your Bible study, we will be covering Isaiah 30, 20 to 21, which reads... Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whoa, I can see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Yo, that's creepy as hell. It is very creepy. And... (laughs) That happened to what Frank is Sinatra, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> Keep in mind, we're professional culture critics. <laughs> it means the wise ones are stalking you. <laughs> yes. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it means, like, you might be tested, but you don't have to do it alone. There will be people there to guide you that are kind of like put in your path by divine intervention like an assassin (laughs) (laughs) a friendly assassin there to help you right kind of like god has your back you know yeah and ride uh, or die with god (laughs) i like the idea of a reverse assassin where they're still stealthing so you don't notice but they're there to help and comfort you yeah (laughs) just like solid snake is just there like clearing the path for you but you never see him yeah exactly kind of like with this guy the second part of the passage is kind of like with that guidance of those teachers no matter where you look like the path before you will be easy to find the right path to walk yeah Mm -hmm. hey we did it early in the episode this time we figured it out boom nice all right (laughs) Biblical. So in this episode... Let's get biblical. Biblical. (laughs) That was good. So in this episode of Warrior Nun, Ava was running away 
from the whole demon JC finding out she's a halo bearer thing from the previous episode. And why do you think she was so distraught? It's hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) So it might not have anything to do with Lilith being stabbed through the torso and then sucked into a hell dimension? Couldn't be. At least she's not dead. Just in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Much better. Uh, But Mary tracks her down in the hills and they basically go on a pilgrimage together. (laughs) So they're traveling together. They have to spend a night in a cave. And they're a real odd couple. Yeah, they're kind of friends but also antagonistic frenemies okay they're frenemies yeah classic trope like if Mm. they could classic warrior nun trope if they could both just chill for a sec they would be like fast friends basically but then uh, we wouldn't have an episode yeah they get to a village that mary was talking about it's an old tartesian settlement and it's actually like, she calls it a village, but it's more like a small city. It's nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Hillsides, sunsets, butcher shops, lots of demons. Wait a minute. Are those demons? Shit. Lots of wraiths flying around, possessing people. Or at least one. <laughs> yeah. They had a wraith problem. A year prior. And the sister nuns had been there helping them deal with the whole problem. So Ava is confronted with this community that needed their help and like seeing the real impact of their work on real people. Shotgun Mary, more like guilt trip Mary, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, we got to see a new side of Mary in this episode. She's... She's all about the psychological manipulation. I mean, she did it really well. This is a smart move. Yeah, she basically is like giving Ava a choice. You know, she's sort of going by the quote, uh, a good teacher tells you where to look, but not what to see. Ooh, nice. Nice. I like that, Jack. Putting her in the midst of all the good that her organization does and be like, oh, you think we did good here? Well, that's your perception. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so basically... Uh, at the end, she gets a ride out of town and leaves Ava there with a divinium knife and says, you know what? You helped me take out that wraith here today. These people are worried. They've been through a lot of trauma. Why don't you just stay one more night to help them out? Then you can go do whatever you want. I'm leaving now. I'm leaving you here. With the halo. I didn't rat you out. It's your choice. It's your choice. And Ava's like, is that Beatrice in the van? And Mary's like, don't worry about it. And Beatrice is like, is she coming with us? And Mary's like, not now, but she'll she'll be along soon. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. And uh, that's about it. Awesome. That was a great summary. Let's get into our discussion. Well, guys, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode, but why don't we start by talking about family? We've got a lot of kind of allusions to family and direct references to family in this episode. Besides this idea of the sister nuns and uh, Ava's kind of tenuous connection to them through her possession of the halo, she is... I guess mistaken for a nun by one of the people of the town who mm-hmm. calls her sister. But it's also, I mean, of course, you know, this is a complex term in the way it's used in religious groups and in familial senses. You know, nuns and uh, priests are called sisters and brothers a lot sure. of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're called like fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers and, you know. Exactly. Ava being mistaken for a nun, but also this woman is using kind of like a friendly term because she says anybody who is friends with Mary, we will treat like family. Yes. So she's already predisposed. This woman and this town is already predisposed to liking Ava due to the fact that Mary is bringing her here. Everybody's most people seem to recognize Mary. I mean, they yeah, had she's like a local celebrity. Yeah, they had spent almost a year there the year prior rooting out the wraith problem. It was an infestation. Is this about the wraith problem? The wraiths had infiltrated 
commoners up to the priest of the town and all manner of people. And they believe that they rooted out the whole infestation, but they found a wraith there. Now, I, I want to get into that. Yeah. That's an interesting we'll come, discussion. We'll but come back to yeah, that. Yeah, let's circle back around to that because there's one other important familial reference in this episode. And it is Mary opening up to Ava about her own family history, about Mary's family history, where she discusses how her mother was imprisoned for killing Mary's abusive father. Yeah, and Mary tried to speak up for her mother in court and say it was self-defense, but she said the defense tore her apart, like pulling apart other lies she had said, and so basically got her discredited as a witness. Mary also points out that as a black woman, her mother was kind of already at a disadvantage in the eyes of the court and in the eyes of the jury. They were predisposed to give her a harsher sentence. Yeah, she points out the issues of systemic racism uh, that she has to contend with. And that's by way of explaining how she came to be a part of the OCS, even though she's not a nun. She never took her vows. Right. Which I was kind of floored by. I, If they said that in a previous episode, I missed it. I don't think so, but we've known that Mary has a different type of relationship to Father Vincent than the other members of the OCS, that she's kind of his, um, let's say his strong arm. Yes, but so Mary's point is that the OC, the members of the OCS, her branch of it anyway, are like her new family, is her found family. Right. And- that's what keeps her going. That's what she's getting out of it, because Ava tries to say that the OCS is using her and her abilities. And she says, but I'm getting something out of this, too. I'm not allowing myself to be used. In a, it, later on in the episode, she says to Ava, I know my value, but what I do is I just refuse to let myself be used in a way that I don't want to be used. And this is consistent with our previous interpretations of Mary's role within the OCS, Father Vincent's view of Mary. Now, <laughs> Mary has an interesting line where she says she didn't take her vows. She only agreed to obey the fifth and eighth commandments, which are to honor thy father and mother and not to steal. We already know that Mary is definitely willing to kill. Yeah. As we have seen in previous so, episodes. honoring thy father and mother, the OCS is her family. So that means obeying the, the hierarchical power structure and, and falling in line within her role. And then not stealing from them. <laughs> <laughs> but she will covet and kill her way through any problems. Yeah, and fuck. Um, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it comes there, up. There's not a commandment that says thou shalt not have sex, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> I believe we're going to cross that bridge in the show, too, as they discuss sexuality in the episode. True. You want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Mary is talking to Ava about JC, who notably was left behind after the whole pair ask sending Lilith to hell incident. You know how it goes. Wah, wah, right? And uh, <laughs> JC was a little, I guess, traumatized by the whole event. And uh, Ava left him there. And Mary was like, hey, so what's up with you leaving him behind? Ava's like, I don't want to talk about it with yeah. you. And Ava's like, I think I was in love. Mary's like, you weren't. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> right? Ava's like, well, how would you know? Mary's like, ah, it's just hormones. Ava says, how do you deal with it? How do you suppress yours? And she says, you think I suppress mine? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Good From call. that, I think we can defer that Mary fucks. I think yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I yeah. believe that is an accurate statement. Yes. And you know what? Good for her. Almost everyone in that town. They were... <laughs> <laughs> They were and, all giving her these big hugs, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> kind of I mean if you hug somebody, that means you fuck, right? Hmm. <laughs> Something that goes along with the 
family theme in this episode is social cohesion and a responsibility to others. Yes, absolutely. And that is something that Ava sees exemplified in the community that they visit. Yes, I'm I'm actually I'm glad you brought that up because you reminded me of another reference to family that is related to that. That is the I think owner of the restaurant or whatever says that his wife was possessed. And she couldn't be saved. And she couldn't be saved, which is very sad, for one. Well, so there's this collective trauma in this town, and it's the survivors sharing that experience. It seems to have brought them closer together as a community. They look out for each other. They watch the sunrise every morning because they feel grateful to have survived another day. I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. Very hard. kind of a powerful scene, yeah. Yeah. And, um... Ava sees the positive impact that the OCS can have, and it seems to actually, her experience with these people seems to cause her to actually rethink her goals. And she's kind of really struggling more in this episode between having a sense of duty to help others and following her own dreams or ambitions. Yeah, she's having some complex feels, I would say. Yeah. Um, She's being exposed to some new things. She points out in this episode that she has literally never been in a kitchen before. Yeah. And she's kind of like let in. And then the, the, I guess, again, owner of the restaurant or whatever. Mateo. Mateo, thank you. Helps like establish trust with Ava by kind of jokingly saying like, oh, I don't trust Mary, but you, Ava, I trust you in here. Even if you've never been in a kitchen before, you're going to be okay. And that like seems to really touch Ava. Yeah, she then she's smiling and actually tries to help him out and helps him like serve people and stuff. Yeah, she doesn't even know how to cook eggs because, again, before she got the halo, she was quadriplegic and never would have even been able to help in a kitchen or anything. Yeah, so it was a cute moment real quick when uh, Mateo, when he saw her helping him out, serving people, he was like, well, you know, I always could use an extra pair of hands here, so you'd have a job here anytime. (laughs) Yeah, which was really good. That was an excellent... Scene of us seeing the way that Ava really likes to cut loose and have a good time. We've seen that in the other episodes. Yeah, Yeah. Ava goes hard. Yeah, it's how she best connects to people, I think. Well, or opens up to people. She originally was having a fun time joking around with Mary, and I think that's why they've sort of gotten closer. They were having a little playful, like, shut up. No, you shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They were. Also, Ava's inexperience with things like the kitchen sort of harkens back to when Mary was saying, you're effectively like a child. Right. To Ava. Uh, Yeah, because, well, she's saying that her... A little condescending, but... Yes, but she's also making the point that Ava's previous condition before she got died and got the halo is what caused that emotional arrested development. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because basically the primary adult in her life was the monstrous nun who literally murdered Ava. And Sister Frances. Yeah. She wasn't a great role model for how to open up to others or how to share your feelings. I would say not. Yeah. Well, she killed her. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. They killed each other. Not at the same time. No, but later on, Ava accidentally killed Francis, and we have not dealt with the fallout of that yet. No. Francis hasn't come back, though. Not like Could Ava. happen. Could happen. But so Ava and Mary are bonding when they're going to this community, interacting with the members of the community, and through a shared experience they have together when they take out that wraith. Yes, and now that's another great point, because I feel like so here's what happens is Ava's in the restaurant. She sees a wraith entering a man. Yes. And then she, this is, I think this is an important part of Ava's character because Ava kind of says she wants to have her own life and be left alone, but she cannot see something like a literal demon possessing somebody without being like, I got to 
help this person. Right. Or I gotta do something about this. So obviously she tells Mary what she saw because in the next shot, they're both walking out together of the restaurant and Mary's like, which one was it? Yeah. So. But I think this is this conflict that Ava has where she wants a life of kind of carefree fun or whatever, but she knows, and maybe it's just an in, innate, you know, goodness in her that wants to help people. I think that's why she was chosen. I think that's a great yeah, cause possibility. Yeah, because tangent, Mary reveals that the halo could have rejected Ava, and Ava's kind of like, what do you mean? Great point. And she's like, it's happened before. The halo has rejected its symbiotic relationship before with somebody. And She's Ava, heard stories of it, yeah, at least. Yeah, and Ava's like, what do you mean? It, uh, it can choose its host? And Mary's like, well, that seems to be the case. Yeah. So it has some kind of intelligence on its own. Yeah, that's wild. Anyway, that's an interesting tangent. So they track the wraith-possessed man to a butcher shop. <laughs> and they kick his ass. And well, a Ava does. Ava's basically like, I want you to train me how to do an exorcism. Right. Because she wants to help the man. Like Jamie was saying, she can't look away. Yeah. She's driven to help people. So even though she says that she wants to follow her own path, she wants to learn how to help people and use... It's kind of like this responsibility I was talking about before to use your power to help others. That's just like Uncle Ben said. With great power comes great responsibility. Yes. It's not a joke. It's just what Uncle Ben said. It's yeah. true. It, she wants to use her power for good, too. I really like the way Ava expresses her good nature. Yeah. Because her rebelling to helping the OCS is that they are trying to dominate her. Yes. Not in a way that is, like, hot. Or fun. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> Not in a fun, sexy way. No. They're trying to take away her ability to choose her own path. Yeah. And by fun and sexy, of course, we mean consensual. Exactly. Yes. They're trying to cripple her freedom. Yes. Right? But the thing is, Ava's good-natured side comes from her own desire to help people. Yes. I love the idea that she only wants to run away because she's being controlled, but when she sees the problem in front of her, she'll stick to it. We've yes. mentioned that in previous episodes. We've seen it. Yeah. This is a great point, and also I think this is why Mary was the best person to reach her. Oh, yeah? Because Mary is the independent one who is not... She, Ava sees, you know, oh, Mary's not a member of the church officially. But she helps. Yeah, it's And true. Ava could be in a similar role as Mary. She doesn't have to give over her power. She can have this independence that Mary has. It's true. And Mary says, like, not only do I have a family with the OCS, but they give me a purpose in life. Yeah. And it's juxtaposed subtly in this episode when Mary tells Ava, I think Cardinal Doretti is trying to get a warrior nun who will be subservient to him. And that's, we, I think that's correct because that's why he was trying to get Lilith to oh, absolutely. take up the halo. But so it's a great point that, you know, Ava has this independent spirit and that that's kind of like one of her driving uh, characteristics. Mm -hmm. I think it also shows why she's good for the role is because even if the OCS fell apart, she would still probably be doing the work that the Halo Bears should be doing. I would say That's so. That's a great point. Because she's not, I mean, yeah, she's already predisposed not to commit herself to the OCS, but is still driven to route out demons. Yeah. So she doesn't, understandably, she doesn't like the organization, but she does agree with the work they're doing. Yes, exactly. That's what this episode was about. Yeah. Seeing like, oh, you don't just kidnap and try to kill people. <laughs> oh, Very good. cool. Very cool. It was a the work that Mary was doing on her was psychological manipulation, though. She was uh, using reverse psychology the whole time. Like, yeah, leave. I don't want you here. And then um, also kind of using guilt, like showing the real showing Ava the real impact on people's lives and the devastation that wraiths can cause and 
with Ava having the knowledge that she could do something about it and she's choosing to not do something like it seems selfish at that point. So that's the guilt part. Uh, so that's emotional blackmail. And then um, the last bit of manipulation is telling Ava that it's her choice after pointing all that out to her and instilling the guilt <laughs> and manipulating her. The Everyone final, in the world might die. The, yes, the final manipulation is saying, you have a choice. I'll see you later. Hope you choose the right path. Like <laughs> Twist the dagger. Yeah, I know. She even gives her a dagger, symbolically twisting the knife. So it's yeah. interesting we get to see this other side of Mary because she's avoiding using force at all because she knows that won't work with Ava. So she's capable of a lot more than just brute force. Which is an interesting juxtaposition after watching Mary literally murdering people previously. I know. She's versatile. And mm. part of this manipulation was getting to get, get to know people. She gets close to Mateo. He says, I used to be like you when they're watching the sunrise. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty hard guilt trip, too. I but, know. But it seems to be working. And she's like, did you find your path in life? And he says, he just kind of pauses for a minute and he just says looking for oneself is the journey of a lifetime life is what happens in between he read that on a bumper sticker <laughs> and a fortune cookie both in the same day <laughs> that means something and he felt really wise passing it on to ava but um it seems to get through tucking to her. the postcard into his back pocket mm. it seems to get through to her in the end when mary is Leaving, Ava looks super guilty and like she's having this intense internal struggle about what to do. Like, I get the sense that she feels like she should take up this calling, but she's still struggling with not really wanting to do that with her life. Mateo was basically trying to tell her that she has all the time in the world to figure out who she is and she can do some good along the way as well. Man, we'll kill a few demons while you're doing it. I just don't think... It seems a little disingenuous because of the danger of that line of work. She may not get <laughs> a, a whole lot of time to really find out who she is if she's... Her whole life is just fighting demons. You have all the time in the world! Unless Satan kills you. <laughs> mm. Well, what was that last part? Yeah, so... Does she really have a choice? We'll see. Something I thought was very interesting about this episode was, well, unsurprisingly, it's sort of a pilgrimage. Yes. yes. They're going through a walk in the wilderness together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Along a cobblestone path in the mountains. And though you can see the thumbprint of humanity in the background, there are farms and they're going between a city and a town, it's still like a trip through the wilderness. Something yeah. that is not, well, something that is very common in the Bible. Yes. Yes. People taking pilgrimages through the wilderness to unlock some sort of wisdom. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And I mean, it is a long enough trek where they have to stay overnight in a cave. Yeah. And Mary sets up a fire and, like, has some chicken or something. Animal. That, that she's stabbed with her divinium blade. <laughs> I know. Uh, an animal of some type. I could see the blade glowing in her hand while she was eating off of the, the knife. And I was like, is she using? Yep. That was the divinium yeah. blade. It was pretty good. But, yeah, I thought that was really neat, too, Jack. It was kind of like a pilgrimage or a vision quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that sort of harkens back to Isaiah 30, where no matter where you go, your teacher is going to be there. Because when they're out in the wilderness, they just keep go running into each other again. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was pretty good. Left, right, no matter where you go, you're going to keep yeah. coming across what they're telling you. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. That was pretty good. Yeah. Well, so I thought that was really neat because it's kind of like... She's going through a transition. They're in a liminal space in between human civilization in the wilderness. Yeah. And she's going through this internal transition to becoming the warrior nun. 
and she just doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's working on her. Mm -hmm. And this pilgrimage is part of it. So in any kind of major ritual or ceremony, if somebody's being tested or going to be going through a particular phase in life, you you have stages of the ceremony. So the person is removed from their community. Then they're in a liminal space and some type of transition will happen there. Seems then, like Ava's been in a lot of liminal spaces in her life. Yeah. She's never really had much in the way of community. I guess besides her roommate from the orphanage. Right. That's like the closest thing she's had to a family up to this point. Yes. And then once the transition is complete, there's reintegration back into your community. And so part of it is in their walk in the wilderness together. And part of this transition is happening when they're in this town. Yes. Um, and she's meeting people. There's a change going on within. She's looking at things with new perspective. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is very good. Speaking of, this is, I think, the first episode where we don't see anything happening at the church or Arctic. Certainly the first in a while, yeah. Yeah. Or in a few episodes, definitely. It's like a mid-season break. Yeah, it's a bottle episode? Yeah. Kind of? They've set up what's going on, and now they've removed the main character from it to sort of reflect on her situation and what role she's going to be playing in it. Exactly. Yeah, often we're jumping back and forth between different areas. This one is absolutely just focused on Mary and Ava's quest into this town. So yeah. not only do their actions follow this pattern of a ceremony or ritual, but also the structure of the episode does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty good. But we're not completely cut off from that world, of course, because we do get a little bit of news from the outside world through Mary, who lets us know that, oh no, back in the Vatican, the Pope might be dying. Oh, yes. And she believes that Cardinal Doretti is trying to, as we mentioned earlier, lock in power. Consolidate power with himself and gather together those who are loyal to him and root out those who might resist his grab for power. So what do we think here? Is Doretti vying for popehood? Is he trying to get in good with the next pope? What's going on? Because according to Mary, the current pope probably doesn't know much at all about the OCS to begin with. It's kind of outside of the purview of the established church hierarchy. He probably wants to be pope. Yeah, he's a pope sort of guy. Well, no, he isn't, but that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. He is ambitious. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the cross T pose supplication yes. says it all. <laughs> he's the most holy, guys. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Yeah, may maybe an A holy. But he's not smart enough to really lead anyone. No. I mean, that is often not a prerequisite for people in leadership positions. hey -oh. Maybe it's just that he's too confident and that makes him stupid because he misses subtlety. He misses subtlety horribly, like we mentioned in last episode. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Lilith makes it out of hell, if her <laughs> experience there will push her more in the camp of Father Vincent or send her deeper down the Duretti rabbit hole. Guys, it's like I was saying a few episodes ago, it's Lilith. And from the myths, she's the mother of demons. I think she's going to fucking become the mother of all the demons and come back as a demon herself. Oh, hype. Oh, she'll be corrupted or something? I don't think she's gone for good from the story. Probably not. I don't know for sure, but I suspect. I think that's a fairly good bet. Yeah, me too. So before we move on, I want to talk to you guys about one more thing that goes on this episode, or something that's brought up, and it is the possession of the priest from this town. And what do we right. think the larger implications of that are? We only get these little 
snippets about how fate, you know, in the town, there is this communal bonding, right? The people watch the sunsets together, but church attendance is at an all-time low because the priest was possessed by one of the race. It's the theme of the entire season. Who can you trust? Exactly. Let's talk about that. So there's been a consistent message that you can't trust the people in power and you can't trust the establishment. So don't trust the Netflix executives who <laughs> approve shows like Warrior Nun. Oh, wait. Um, so it's like you can trust individuals but not organizations kind of message, you know? The people who are in power are the ones who want to maintain their power and manipulate others to that end. And so characters like Ava, Mary, they operate outside of these structures or do so as much as they can. And Ava consistently resists becoming a part of this organization because she does not trust them. Yeah, I, I think that that has kind of been the culminating message of this entire season. That's a great point. It is, you know, there's a lot of kind of uncertainty that we're being faced with, but there's always little hints that are peppered throughout. It's true. Another thing is we know almost nothing about demons still. Yeah. Because Ava's our perspective character and she doesn't know anything about demons really. We have no idea what attracts a wraith to possess any specific individual, what makes you susceptible to possession, anything yes. like that. Is this the first time we've seen Ava kill a demon? Yes. yes. And before she's just beat up the Tarasque, she can't actually kill it. Yeah. But she With stabs. The she's had. She stabs the wraith, and it seems to die it's, or at least dematerialize. It screams and seems to die. She is haunted by the sound it makes the scream it makes yeah. she said that sound it was almost like it was alive yeah she seems kind of surprised by that she seems surprised that a wraith-like being could have a life of its own <laughs> it's just smoke she seems to understand for the first time that it was probably an intelligent being in its own right, and she just killed it. I just had this vision of Ava seeing, like, a group of kids vaping under, like, some <laughs> red lights, and like, oh, God, it's a wraith, and then just, like, goes sick house on them. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. That's pretty good. But well, they do their best to save the person being possessed, and they do save the man. <laughs> the yes. poor guy has beat the shit. Yeah. yeah. Ava's super strong, and she's just kicking his ass. It's true. She has superhuman strength. He is shell-shocked. It's yeah. true. Another thing about it being its own intelligent creature, I, how many times am I going to bring up St. Martha before I don't? She befriended a Tarasque. It's canonized in Catholicism. This is a Catholic show. Yes. That means the Terrasks are able to conceptualize friendship and experience it. Maybe Lilith is going to be the one to make amends with the demons. She was stabbed by a Terrask. Yeah, so. but I mean, you got to sometimes like have a conflict with somebody before you have your come to Jesus moment with them. It's we true. don't know why the demons are trying to get the halo. We don't know if we can trust the church. In fact, we're consistently kind of told that we cannot trust the organization. So Although Father Vincent seems to also want to kill demons. Yes, but he's towing the corporate line, basically. <laughs> the the organizational yes. message. He's accepted it hook, line, and sinker. He suspects there's corruption within the organization, but he still believes in the tenets of it. I think he can be trusted, but I think he's kind of snowed by the organization. Certainly he can be trusted more than Duretti. Yes, but mm -hmm. I'm feeling like I understand what Jack is getting at. We don't know the whole story here. There's just this assumption, oh, church good, demons bad. But is that really true? We have yet to see. And, and I think we should ask. keep our, an open mind about Let's that. Let's hear the demons out. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that covers a lot of 
what we've got in this episode, why don't we head in the final thoughts? All right, guys, we're at about the halfway point for the season. We've seen a lot of stuff. There's still some big questions to be answered in the last few episodes. How are we feeling so far at this kind of middle point? It's interesting. I would like to see what is going on from the demon perspective. I wonder if we're ever going to get that. Like, what is their real goal? Why are the wraiths possessing people? It's just this, she's only getting one side of the story. Although we do kind of get an implication that um, the demons possessing the people of the town was not good for the town. Right. But that's an interesting question, though, because when the Wraith goes up to that group of people, they don't seem to be put off or anything like that. He seems to just be chatting. Yeah, he's just or talking the, to or people. Or the, the man whose body is possessed by the Wraith. He's talking to people and he's going to buy some meat at the butcher shop. Like he, This race is just like, I haven't had pork in so long. I gotta <laughs> go get some pork. They are kind of like the grunt agents following their own orders. We don't know who's giving them orders. Who's the warrior demon? I figured they were just pure bad instinct. I think they are being controlled by something else. Fast. And Mary says they, the, or OCS doesn't know why they function the way they do. And nope, doesn't seem like anybody's bothered to question a demon while it's possessing somebody. So maybe we're going to see that. That'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. My thoughts so far are that the show has presented a lot of problems up to this point, And Almost solutions. <laughs> Essence of solution. Right? Hint of hint of solution. Right. So far, we've seen the themes of who can be trusted, like you're saying. And in a show that seems like it's trying to push virtues, it has not introduced many of them very obviously yet. So far, we've been seeing things that are good for the spirit. Like Ava dancing, friends, you know, family, family, helping people. Yes. Right. Those are all things she enjoys, but it doesn't seem to have solved any of the problems the show has set up so far. In fact, problems are begatting more problems and it's just sort of spiraling out of control while we don't have any solutions. Let me give an example. Friendship is one of the strong points that this show promotes. However, we see in the church, which who knows if it can be trusted, friendship isn't helping them at all. It's dissolving. With a character like Lilith, who only at the last moment goes out of her way to help someone else other than herself. Yes. Yeah. She's screwing her friends and making them act upon her own ambition. And it's pushing Ava further away from a path that would be helpful. Well, she tries the forceful approach. Exactly. To your point, even JC's friend group, who was originally introduced as being pretty tight, we find out when one of them kind of snaps at Ava and is like, you're like tearing us apart or whatever. Like, you know, we were, we were doing fine until she showed up and kind of like seeing that this group that we thought might have been a kind of a tight group it's actually kind of fragile, too. It's true. Yeah, and JC's just like, oh, they're not real friends. I, I'll bounce. I'll, I'll abandon them. To join yeah. You yeah. I suppose what I'm saying is the show is setting up a lot of issues that you would expect ver like Christian virtues to fix, because that's the series. It's Catholic. You expect Christian virtues to settle this. Right. And this is the first episode, I think, where we're moving towards seeing what those are. However, it's still pretty brutal in its approach. Yes. I suppose, I hope they start being more direct with what a good champion should be like from this point forward and what approach should be taken to get over the problems which are getting bigger and bigger. It's true. All we get is that 
it's a righteous path and you have power, so you should use it to fight the demons. You're right. They don't try to set up what the role of the warrior nun is, like you're saying, what the correct qualities are for a warrior nope. nun to have besides that. It's possible, though, that one of those qualities is the freedom to choose. That's true. Or Ava might instill that quality in the role. <laughs> Possibly. Well, for my money, I'm still really enjoying the show. I think that it's well made. Um, I think the characters, the, you know, the, it gives us a lot to talk about because there are these complex motivations. And while we're not getting a lot of answers, I find the questions to be interesting that we have. I'm not finding them to be tedious because right. it's exploring them in what I would say are interesting ways. And it's giving us kind of a diversity of perspectives, a lot to mull over. And I like that we're not getting necessarily any really hard answers about how things should be because it's dealing with complex themes. Right. And, you know, maybe Ava will find people to trust, but it might be hard earned. And some of those alliances might be a little fragile for a while. We get characters in earlier episodes like Beatrice who say that their primary, you know, she says her primary is loyalty is to the church, not to any individual hierarchical, you know, person, nobody who's above her other than God. She says she's going to be loyal to God. Yeah. So we, we are getting all these characters with different motivations. They're pulling them in different directions. And I still have a lot of questions about what's going on with Arctech that I can't wait to see answered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the last, not this episode, but the previous episode ended with Jillian and her son. And we don't know mm -hmm. what happens there because we got this episode that, again, really like locks into just this story about Ava and Mary. I think the next episode is going to be, I think we're going to start getting a lot of answers from here on out. It's probably going to fucking pop off. Yeah, this midway point, I think, is going to be... We're going to be, like, picking up steam from here on out. Probably. It's true. I think we're going to probably open up the next episode and shit's going to go down. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. I suppose another thing I've been feeling is the characters feel a lot like characters to me. Like, they're adding a little bit of depth to them, but it's very slowly and they seem sort of two-dimensional. And I think when when the conflict starts building up and they are being pulled in all those different directions and they're going to have to take a stance on something, they're going to be expanded a little bit. Nice. That's my hope anyway, because a lot of the characters to me are just like NPCs, <laughs> even Ava at times. So yeah, harsh. They, <laughs> yes, they are adding depth to the characters, but. Maybe they're still trying to... I don't know if it's a choice or if the actors are still trying to like get a feel for them. Or Maybe that's it. Because even in the scenes that are adding complexity to the characters, like when Mary is talking about her backstory or being telling Ava about how, like, I just lost two of my friends because of you, right? It still felt like it was being delivered in the, like, I'm the angry, edgy one. And I'm like, all <laughs> that's right. Fair. That's fair. Okay, dude. <laughs> it's a line that's being delivered. It's not believable as... It doesn't have the raw emotion behind it, you know? And it's not just Mary. I've been getting that from almost every character. It's like they are one tone whenever they are on screen. It actually might be a choice because don't forget this is based on a comic that is super edgy yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean this is diverted pretty majorly from the comic i think just right, right. out of the game sure but that's still the source material sure so they're probably trying to at least adopt some tone from that yeah it's true there is definitely the tone is there I think it's just, we get it already. Yeah, to some extent, we're dealing with archetypes, and they are drawn a bit broadly. Yeah. We have seen Ava's uncertainty from the first episode. I think it's about time to start seeing her make some actual choices that are not runaway. Yeah. It seems like she's finally there. Yeah. And I suspect that next episode, 
she will have made a choice. Yeah. Or she will make a choice over the course of the next episode. Yeah. So I'm Sometimes looking. you choose not to decide. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, I think the conflict coming up is going to sort of illuminate and, you know, expand on what the characters are like. Nice. Looking forward to that. Me yeah, too. Same. But still really enjoying it. Well, on that note, we want to thank you all for joining us here on Swords and Satire. If you don't already, maybe consider following us on social media at Swords and Satire on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so that you can keep up with the show and what we're going to be watching next. And if you love the show, why don't you consider supporting us on Patreon? You can go to patreon.com slash swords and satire to join our patron community Get access to tons of extra cool content, including voting on the movies we watch each month and exclusive episodes. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. But if you don't have a few extra books to contribute to some of your favorite artists, right? Well, then why don't you go out, get some of your friends, watch a sunrise, and put on our oh, podcast. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a great way to spread the good news. Exactly. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your family. They'll all listen. Family. 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 And you're our family. Thank you for listening. And until next time, Hail Crom! Crom!